All right, here we are, week two in our series called Seek. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the pastor here. On behalf of my wife, Jessica, and the rest of our team, just want to say we're so glad you're with us today. Specifically, if you're watching online today, just want to say welcome. So glad that you've joined us. We encourage you to use the chat section. Let us know that you're watching. And then also, if you're up in the overflow room today, want to say what's up to you up there. You're in the upper room. And if you know anything about the Bible, you get more of the spirit in the upper room. So you're in the right spot. But welcome, everybody. Excited to jump into this today and, uh, and be a part of your life and what God is doing here. But before we do that, let's pray and uh, we'll ask God to speak to us. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and your way. Lord, we ask that you do speak to us. We know that you already, you already are and we're grateful for that. But Lord, we want to walk away from this day, uh, Lord, with truths in our life that we can use. Lord, we want to be doers of the word. And so as we hear them, Lord, I, I pray that you help us hide them in our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. As I mentioned, we're in week two of this series, series called Seek. We launched it last, uh, last week, and uh, every single year as a church we do this. Uh, we devote the beginning of the year to this series called Seek, and we also uh, join together in a 21 days of prayer and fasting. We believe, uh, as we mentioned last week, you can go back and check out the sermon, but we believe that uh, the scripture teaches us that there's power in this thing called the law of the first things. What we do with our first matters to God. You see all throughout Scripture uh, that the first of many things is mentioned. Uh, the firstborn in a family is mentioned. You see the firstborn of even animals. You see uh, God mentions our first time sexually is really important to God in marriage. What we do with that, the first of our money and our increase matters to God. And it's the law of the first things because God sees what we do with our first. If we give it devoted to him, he sees it as the devoted thing. Uh, I shared a scripture that says, uh, if the root is holy, the branches are holy. If what we put God first in, and God is first in that, then what grows out of that is healthy and fruitful and meaningful. And so that's why as a church, we say, okay, the beginning of the year, it's a new year. We're going to make sure our first fall into the kingdom and the things of God. Now, obviously, every day throughout the entire year, uh, we make sure we're putting God first in every category, but we're saying, God, you've given us this new year and we're going to put you first in it. I believe wholly that what we do in January affects what happens in July, in September, and the rest of our year as we put God first in this. And so we launched it last month or last week, and uh, we've given you a couple of resources to connect with through this. The first one is this. We've created a guide for you. Um, many of you might not know what fasting is all about. And uh, unfortunately, like anything, sometimes things can be uh, used to the extreme. You might have heard some stories about uh, fasting that was called in different groups and, and it sort of got extreme or abusive or controlling or manipulating. And so it's important for us to make sure that we're fasting because we know what the Bible says about it, not because the pastor says it or you've read it somewhere online. And so we put together this guide that leads you in what it looks like to go on a fast, if that's what God calls you to. We have that at our information booth, gives you some practical steps for that. We also let you know that uh, we are launching into another year of our Read Through the Bible in a Year plan. We believe that fasting is really important and prayer is really important, but how many know it needs to be a combination of God's word and truth through that as well? Amen. So we launched through our Reading Through the Bible in a Year plan. You can find that on our website or in our church app, but it's really simple to follow along. It gives you a reading plan for every single day. And by the end of the year, you will have read through the entire Bible. What's neat about this plan is we're connected with the Bible Project, and there's supplemental videos that you can go on and watch each day. It tells you more about 
the background and what's happening and, and gives you a little bit more in depth and, and kind of keeps things really interesting. And so encourage you, make sure you get on that reading plan and follow along that way. So that's one thing. But then we also decided uh, at the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we thought it would be so powerful if we all came together for a night of worship. We're going to just set aside the time to come and worship and give thanks and praise and, and just be in unity. And that's how we're going to conclude the fast. So encourage you to register for that. Make sure you let us know that you're coming so we can make space. We also have kids spaces open for you and we want to make sure those are staffed excellently as well. So make sure you, you register for that. But just the season of, of what we're believing is, is God's power and God's move. And um, so many great things come from it. I, uh, I wrote it down like this. Uh, I try to, when I write a sermon, when I put together a sermon, I try to do it in this lens or this idea of my hope is that my sermon does two things. My hope is that it comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. That's a good sermon. Somebody who, who's in a position where, you know what, oh man, th th this is really bringing me comfort and God's word is healing me here and God's restoring me here. But then at the same time where we get stuck and stagnant and we're kind of just lazy in the things of God a little bit, what Daniel was alluding to, where we just kind of go through the motions. I hope that God's word uh, kind of pokes us and prods us and keeps us moving in him. Are you with me? And that's what this Seek series does, is it makes sure we don't get stuck, but also it puts us in a season where we need some, some hope and some healing and some restoration. God does that in this time as well. Amen? I wrote it down like this. Fasting is giving up something important for a period of time to gain something more important. We've got a lot of important things in our life. Our friends matter and our social lives and all of these other things that we're working on. We've got a whole bunch of important things that are important to us, but we set aside and we give those things up so that we can be connected to something that's more important. I used to share it to our youth group. I would pitch it to them this way. I would say, when it comes to growing in God, it always boils down to this. What are you willing to give up to go up? What are you willing to give up to grow up? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to say, okay, Lord, less of me for more of you? And that's what this 21 days does for us. It says, okay, God, I want, I want more of you and less of me. I'm willing to give up these things that I, so that I might encounter more of you. I wrote it down like this. I believe holy things happen when holiness is the pursuit. You can, you can atmospherically, if that's a word, <laughs> You can, you can, in the atmosphere, feel a difference even in our worship services. And we had a beautiful first service where the Spirit just moved powerfully. You can tangibly feel the difference in the room. Why? Because there's a whole bunch of like-minded people on a holiness pursuit right now. And so holiness, God meets us in our desire. I believe that in these 21 days, we will see supernatural holy restoration of marriages and of mindsets, of an emotions. I believe we'll see holy supernatural healings and addictions overcome and, and people being set free that's, that's held them for years. Why? Because we're on a pursuit of God's holiness and he meets us in that. Can I get an amen? So why do we fast? We fast for breakthrough. We fast to see breakthrough, but we also fast for growth. And growth, unfortunately, comes with pain. Uh, I have a six-year-old son. And he'll come to me and, uh, and, and he'll say, Dad, my leg really hurts. My leg really hurts. I said, well, what did you do, buddy? He said, I didn't do anything. And I said, well, then you're growing. That's a growing pain. And it's fun to grow. It's exciting to grow. We like to grow, but growing also hurts. And it's the same thing in our spiritual walk with God. I, I wish that we grew through all the things that we shouted. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Bang a tambourine. Right? I wish it was that all the time. But it's not. It's hardship. It's, it's enduring. It's sometimes the valley. It's sometimes through the pressing. Are you with me? But it's always good because it's growth. 
And that's what 21 days of prayer and fasting does for us. I, scripture also mentions how, how God won't pour out into old wineskins. We get stuck in these old wineskins, these, these formed, these set, these, these crusty old wineskins. And God says, I can't pour new wine, new ways into the old things because it'll burst and both will be lost. Well, what does 21 days for us do? 21 days for us says, okay, Lord, here we are. We want to be a new wineskin. We want to be moldable. We want to be able to stretch. We want to be able to receive. Are you with me today? All that you have for me in a new way. And so that's what 21 days does for us. But the reality is it's hard. It's hard for us. If you joined in and you're in your 21 days and you joined us last week, that means you've completed seven days. Uh, you're, you're a little over that. You're, you're in your seventh day. Many of you maybe haven't started. I'm encouraging you jump in now or, or jump in with seven days left to go or three days left, whatever it is. God, God honors your heart. But I want to encourage you. You may be in a spot right now where you say, Pastor Josh, like I'm struggling. I'm hit. It has only been seven days. This is hard. I want to encourage you. The first seven days is the hardest for me as well. The first seven days for me, you're like getting started. It's the time where you're actually being tempted. You're like, you know, maybe God really didn't want me to actually fast that. How many of you are being honest with me that maybe you've been tempted this week? Or maybe you're at the stage in these first seven days where it's negotiation time. Hey, God, what about, you know what? I forgot that we had that on the calendar. Maybe we could do this and we're starting to negotiate. And so I brought you five things today to encourage you to stay the course, to stick with it. If you haven't started, I'm going to encourage you to start. But here's five things that I believe fasting will do for you. Because here's the reality for me and for you. I've been in ministry 20 years full-time. Uh, 20 years full-time I've been in ministry. And I would say this, most of the biggest moves of God or miracles that I've seen in ministry through all of the different church experiences that I've had, uh, I've seen many of them are connected to seasons of prayer and fasting. Many of the miracles and signs and wonders and breakthroughs that I've seen in my personal life, I can tell you, are connected to seasons of prayer and fasting. And so I'm encouraging you, stick with it, stick with it, because God has greatness and breakthrough on the other side. Can I get an amen? Five points for you in 15 minutes, and then we'll be out of here. So the first one is this. Here's one of the things that fasting does for us is, number one, it gives you a connection to God. One of the benefits of fasting is it gives you a connection with God. Prayer, I wrote it down like this, prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Write that down. Prayer is our, is our connection to God. It's our communication, which by the way, when you're praying, you need to be listening just as much because that's how connection works. It's going and receiving. It's, it's, and so your connection, you got to be praying and listening, but prayer connects us to God and fasting disconnects us from the world. The combination of the two is powerful. I wrote it down like this. Prayer and fasting are the two pedals on the bike of breakthrough. You just keep working both prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, and it's the momentum. It's the thing that drives us into breakthrough. Can I get an amen? The prophet Joel called for a fast in Joel 2.12. He says it this way. He says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. He's saying, while you have time, while you're still running this race, while you're still in this thing, be a person who, who connects with God through fasting and through heartfelt relations. He says, weeping and mourning. What is he saying? He's saying, have your heart in it. Turn your heart to me. Don't go through the motions of all this. Same old religion, same old things, same old structure. No, turn to me with all your heart through fasting and weeping and mourning. Here's the reality. You were not created for church. Your sole purpose of being here on this earth is not to come to church. It's not even to serve at church. 
It's not to come to church and serve. It's not even to give your money away to church. It's not even to be a good neighbor. You were created to be in relationship with God. You were created to have a connection with your creator. You were wired to be in a person in relationship with God. And so that's what fasting helps us do is say, hey, all of this clutter, all of these things that are trying to disrupt my connection, I'm going to push these away. Why? Because it's all about my creator. The reality is you'll never really hit the finish line in your relationship with God. Do you know that Christianity doesn't give you badges? Oh, I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. Here's my badge. I've leveled all the way up in God. No, we're always growing. The scripture says we go from faith to faith, glory to glory. So that's why every year, 21 days of prayer and fasting doesn't just have to happen in January. That's why every day we get up and seek his face. Why? Because we're always growing in our connection with God. Can I get an amen? Because what does our relationship with God do? What does our connection to God do? It helps get rid of the stuff that we don't need in us. When we're connected to God, he helps remove pride out of our lives. He helps remove the anger out of our lives. He helps remove the bitterness out of our lives. As we're connected to him, he helps show us the unforgiveness in areas of our life. Because why? God wants us to live life and live it to the fullest is what Jesus said he came to do. Well, how do we achieve that? We achieve that through our connection to God. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. It's this connection that is God's desire. As we pursue him, as we seek him, he draws near. I wrote it down like this. Fasting is not so that we can get more of God. Fasting is so that God can get more of us. The supply issue from God is never an issue. It's our openness to him. It's our ability of giving ourselves to him. It's saying, okay, God, here, you can have all of me. We're moving aside all of these things in my life so that I can have all of you. It's our connection to God. Number two, this is the hard part. This is what fasting gives us the ability to do. It gives us control over our flesh. How many of you in these first seven days realize that your flesh can be kind of a jerk? Your flesh is a little bit needy. Who can say that? Paul knows this in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. He says this, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way that you get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. So don't even be a runner. Just quit. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul's saying there's one way for you to get disqualified in your purpose and your assignment and your calling. There's one way for you to miss all that God has for you and not finish your race and not accomplish what God has called you to do. And that is if you let your flesh be the leader. If you, let be the, if you let your flesh be the decision maker, if you let the flesh be the one who talks you into everything, he said, you have to be a person who is in control of your flesh if you want to be a person who received the prize. How many of you have said it to yourself? You thought, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I make that decision? Why did I go back to that person? Why did I do that thing? And what you're trying to say to yourself is, why did I let my flesh make the decision? Yeah. And Paul's saying, no, no, no. You've got to be somebody who doesn't disqualify yourself. You've got to get your flesh under control. I wrote it down like this. Make your flesh a slave to you or you will be a slave to your flesh. Be the master of your flesh or it will be your master. Paul's saying, don't let yourself get disqualified. Get in control of your flesh. What I like about fasting is it teaches you that you can overcome things. 
oh, this is so hard. Oh, how am I going to get through this? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe Oh, my gosh. We have 14 more days left. This is crazy. This is taking forever. How am I ever going to? But you do. And you keep going. And then you do. And then you do. And then you make it. And you make it to the end. All of a sudden, you say, man, God endured. God, God brought me through that. Look what God did in those 21 days. So then the next time you're tempted and you think, gosh, how am I going to overcome this temptation? You go, wait a minute. If God was with me through 21 days, God can be with me through this temptation. Are you with me? But it's hard. It's so hard because our flesh is ridiculous. I'm going to be honest with you about how my flesh was this week. I'm not a food person. So food is, I'm not a foodie. Some of you weirdos, you like take picture of your food. You're excited about your food. I remember watching comedians in cars getting coffee in uh, Julian Dreyfus. What's her name on Seinfeld? Elaine. She was in there talking about like, she's a huge foodie. And she said like food, her meals in her day are like mini vacations for her. She just can't wait to get to lunch hour because we're going to have a lunch and it's going to be this whole, some of you, that's how you are with food. That's not me. But either way, your food, your flesh gets tempted this week. I'm just so, I'm just mad. I found myself just mad at food. I'm just mad. I have an attitude with food because I can't have it this week. I open the cupboard, there's potato chips. I'm like, potato chips, stupid potato chips. What are you even doing up there? You're not even as good as Doritos. As a matter of fact, potato chips, you need dip to even be good. Like, what are you? Like, oh man, my wife totally messed up this week and I'm going to call her out on it in love. We're fasting. And this is basically how we fast in our house. It's like, okay, we're going on a 21-day prayer of fasting. We've got to go get some groceries for that. All right, where are we going to get groceries for that? Well, we're going to go down to the PetSmart and go in the bird aisle because that's about all we can eat is bird food. <laughs> Perfect. 21 days. This will be great. I'm eating like a Peasley over here, you know? And, uh... <laughs> and so... So I don't know what that means. It's fine. It means nothing, really. So Jess is like, we're out, and she's like, I'm going to pick up the kids something because, you know, we don't ask them to do what we do. And so she goes to Vitaly's and gets cheese breadsticks and puts them in front of the kids. They open the box, and of course they can't just take out a breadstick and eat it. Of course Charlie's like, I got one. It's like a mile-long cheese stuck to it. And I'm just looking at the kids like, I hate you kids. Why do we have kids? I mean, seriously, this is the worst decision of my children. Burger King. I hate Burger King. There's a Burger King commercial comes on TV. Nobody should eat Burger King, right? Sorry if you work there. I'm not tempted with Burger King ever. But the commercial comes on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Burger King. We go to Anna's house. And uh, what's worse on, on fast is when you still try to go out to eat and have a little bit of a social life, but you, you have to substitute everything and still pay the full price. So we're at Anna's house, and they go, oh, yeah, I can't get anything fun. Bring me, you know. And uh, the lady comes over to us, the waitress, and she's like, uh, she's like, oh, how's everything? Are you satisfied? I'm like, no. I want that biscuit. I want that cheese on that. You know, like, no. But it's amazing how your flesh cries out. Jesse yells to me, hey, I'm making a snack. Do you want one? I'm like, oh, what is it? She's like, it's baby carrots. I'm like, you're talking to me or the bunnies? Like, what? I hate my life, you know. But your flesh, all of a sudden, and Paul's saying, you have got to put rhythms in your life to learn to control. Because if I can overcome cheese breadsticks, I might be able to resist temptations on bigger scales. Are you with me? trusting and depending God. And so that's what fasting does for us. Fasting is intentionally starving our flesh so that we can intentionally feed our spirit. 
Now, I'm not calling anybody to starve. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about resisting, separating things in the flesh so that we're feeding ourselves spiritually. we got to feed ourselves, have rhythms where we feed ourselves spiritually. If your physical nature reflected the nourishment of your spiritual nature, would we immediately send you to the hospital? How are you feeding yourself spiritually? How are you nurturing yourself? And the scripture teaches us we got to have rhythms that we do that. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus is in the desert. He's being tempted by the enemy. And then Jesus was led into the spirit, into the wilderness, being tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The most underrated verse in the whole Bible. <laughs> the tempter came to him and said, If you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's fasting for 40 days. His flesh is saying, Give me something I really want. And here comes the tempter and saying, This, this will satisfy your flesh. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'm not falling for the tempter. As a matter of fact, I'm going to believe God's word and speak his truth and resist this temptation. Are you with me? What I'm trying to say in seasons of 20 days, 21 days of prayer and fasting, the enemy is going to come in and he's going to kind of say, hey, you should do this. This will satisfy your flesh. You should give up on that marriage. That'll satisfy you. You should walk out on that. Are you with me? Oh, you know what? This world would be a better place if you just ended your life and you wouldn't hurt people anymore. You should, you should do this instead and you'll be happy. Are you with me? Yeah. And we've got to be the people who say, no, 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 this is the tempter. This is the enemy coming and, and trying to give you a false satisfaction. Are you with me? And we speak God's word and we believe his truth. And the scripture says about this story that he resisted Satan. He sent him back to hell, to the place that he belongs. The scripture says angels came and ministered in the enemy fleet. I believe when we, God, when we speak God's word in our hours of temptation, yeah. the enemy flees our life. Amen. But it's hard. Because we have got to, in our flesh, we have got to be able to take those steps. Point number three is fasting helps bring clarity in hearing God's voice. Fasting helps bring clarity in hearing God's voice. We, we drive in the car, and we have three kids, and so they all bring their iPads, and they're all on their iPads. And, and of course, technology, Jess has got a phone, I got a phone, we got all these things going, and so we're trying to drive down the road, and iPads are going, and kids are going, and phones are going off, and, and it's like, ah, oh, and I'm just trying to talk to my wife, right? I'm just trying to have a conversation. So what do we do? We pull over, we put the kids on the side of the road, and then we <laughs> pick them up later. But there's, there, that's our life. That's your life. That's so many. God wants to speak to you. There's so many things he wants to say. But you have so many sounds in your life. So many distractions. So many other voices. And fasting helps you disconnect from all of those things so that you might hear them. Moses had this experience. He's leading two million people in the desert. He's getting voices from everywhere with opinions. The scripture says that those people were complaining to him. But in that same season, he got the Ten Commandments. He, he got this word from the Lord, this direction of Ten Commandments. But where did he get it? Exodus chapter 34 says, Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. He wrote on the tablets the word of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. What did he do? He got away from the people. Some of you introverts are like, yes, Lord, get away from the people. <laughs> he got away. He got away. Why? So that he could go on this fast so that he could hear the word of the Lord. Let me ask you this. Where does God speak the most to you? I'll bet many of you would say, oh, when I'm alone or when I'm mowing or when I'm running or when I'm in the shower, I'll bet you most of you would say it's when you're in a quiet place. Because when we remove all of the things, we can hear God clearer. I believe most of our issues would be solved if we stop listening to the wrong voices. Number four, what a fast does is 
It gives us consecration for greater things. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. The word consecrate here means set apart for a greater purpose. God is saying, set yourself apart in these 21 days. Set yourself apart in 2022 for a greater purpose. It means this, to be devoted irrevocably to the worship of God. Be devoted irrevocably to the worship of God so that God will do great things in your life. What about when you have a busy week, though? Are we consecrated when we have a busy week? Oh, I'm so busy. I got so much going on. You know, I should probably just skip church on Sunday because I'm so busy. Consecrate yourself irrevocably to the worship of God. Unless you're having a bad week. Of course, if you're having a bad week, then certainly we wouldn't expect you, if you had just such a rough week, we wouldn't expect you to be in the house of God because then you'd have to see everybody else and they'd ask how you're doing. And so that's a, you know, consecrate yourself. So the Lord does great things in you. And so irrevocably be in worship. Are you with me? Well, what about in bad weather? What about in bad weather? Do you, you know, that, no, consecrate yourself irrevocably to the worship of God. Well, what about in West Michigan when it's good weather? Because you know we don't get very many good days in West Michigan. So you can skip on a good day. No, no, consecrate yourself for the Lord will do great and mighty things with you. Can I get an amen today? Fasting is boot camp for I believe battles you don't even know you're going to face. We get in these, this, this, we, we're, we're training ourselves, we're preparing ourselves for things that I know we're going to step into. In business, they teach you that people don't rise to the occasion. You have to train for and prepare for the things that you're going to face. This idea of, we'll conquer, come what may. No, people, said, I wrote it down like this, they conquer to the level of their preparation. And I believe that spiritually it's the same thing. We're able to conquer and we're able to take the mountain and we're able to do the things that we've spiritually prepared for. Are you with me today? Yeah. We, we, we can't just say, just, oh, God, bail me out. God, bail me out. Oh, God, here's another thing. Here's another thing. When he's saying, consecrate yourself. Be devoted to me. Be committed to me. And, and I believe that God moves on our behalf. Amen? I'll close with this. Uh, the last point is this. Point number five, fasting gives us victory over the impossible. I believe in 2021 that though you may be facing an impossibility, you're believing for a young person to, to maybe come back to the Lord in your family, or, or you're believing for a young person to finally get it with God and, and, and begin to take their own steps in their relationship, or it's finances, or you're believing to have a child, whatever you're believing for that may seem impossible, your marriage to be restored, whatever it is, I'm believing fasting does give you victory over the impossible. I shared it with you last week. There's the story of this demon-possessed young man and Jesus had just given uh, authority to the disciples to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons. And so there was this attempt made to do that, and it didn't work. So Jesus shows up on the scene, and he comes in, and he casts out the demon, and he heals the boy. And so later around dinner, uh, the disciples say, hey, what's going on there? You know, like, how did that happen? Like, what's the secret sauce? Tell me the secret. And Jesus tells them, hey, there's only some things that come out by prayer and fasting. So he tells them, he says, hey, the thing here is only some things come out by prayer and fasting. Only some things happen by prayer and fasting. But what he was trying to get them to notice is do the basics. Do what I've instructed you to do. Pray, fast, seek me. They asked Kobe Bryant. I believe Kobe Bryant's one of the top three basketball players of all time. They, they speak of his greatness uh, in, in basketball, school, all these different things. But when they asked Kobe one time, they said, how are you so great? What is it that you've unlocked that, that you can get to the level that you're at? And he said this, I just never get bored with the basics. It's not some big secret sauce. I'm always chasing some major thing. I'm just being a person who seeks the Lord and believes that when the scripture says, when you seek me, you'll find me. Yeah. 
Are you with me? I just keep doing that. I just keep praying. I just keep fasting. I just stay committed. And I just keep showing up in the house of the Lord. And I just keep speaking God's word over my life. And I just keep using my words properly because life and death is in the power of the tongue. I just keep working the basics that God's called me to. And then I see the impossible reversed and turned around and made new in God. Amen? Amen. If you want God to do the super, you've got to do it in the natural. I believe that prayer and fasting is the difference between letting things happen and positioning ourselves for great things to happen. You could walk around and say, oh, you know, we'll just let whatever happen. Or we can say, God, I'm getting in position to see you move in a way that transforms not only my life, but my community. Are you with me? Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the way that you lead us and love us. And God, our desire is to be connected to you above all else. God, not for our own name or our own even church or our own thought structure, but God, our desire is to know you more. So God, I pray that whatever level of fast we're on, God, I pray that we continue to meet you and discover you and get more of you. In Jesus' name, amen.